All right. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the JNM podcast. I am Mike, and you are Jason. Jason. So that's the J, that's the M. And this is our world as we see it. And this is our fourth, I think, our fourth installment Numero of the JNM podcast. So we are clicking right along. And we've got a, um, a chock full show for you this evening. Plenty Absolutely. of topics, lots of stuff going on. Oh, yeah. Uh, how, how are you doing, by the way? You know, I'm doing all right, but, um, you know, I, we were talking uh, off air. Uh, for folks out in the, in, the, in the Twitterverse or wherever you are, I have the full house to myself, which is an extremely great thing right now because I got two little girls and they're all visiting family. So I got, I'm, I'm, I, it's a man cave right now. I, mean, I got my bachelor's pad. How about yourself, bud? Are you wearing pants? I am wearing pants. Oh, see, I guess your bachelor pad has limits. I, I have made that choice as of because of COVID. Like, at least put on pants. At least pants. <laughs> well, like, my, the the limit, or I guess not the limit, but the the low bar mm-hmm. for my attire is I, I at least have to color coordinate. It, it may oh, not be a fashion statement. It may not be, you know, on the the cutting edge of fashion trendy and whatnot but at least i try to pair things together that are on the same color palette yes you know my, my daughter completely crushed that for me um she told me the other day literally i think yesterday she was like daddy you don't all we don't always have to match i was like oh kid you're in a rude awakening see, see yeah. and that's my daughter does the same thing she'll just pull anything out socks they don't have to match or anything i'm like what that's like it's rule crazy. number one yeah like i mean our, our mothers were told us do not step out of this house without two matching socks and your pelt matching your shoes. Like I mean, literally, if belt I leave matches the, house, the shoes, yes. Come on, come on, kids, get it together. Come Damn. On. All right. So as I stuff my face full of five guys, which uh, guys who are not sponsoring this program, by the way, but they probably <laughs> should. All right. So here's my softball question for you, and maybe you can give me time to chew up this delicious cheeseburger. Okay. Bacon cheeseburger, by the way. Ooh, nice. All right. So today I was just thinking, I, I do a lot of um, social media and I follow a lot of CrossFitters mm-hmm. and I started looking at, you know, some articles where gyms are closing and they've had to kind of retool how they operate. And so it got me thinking. What does your workout look like now compared to before COVID? And how does it differ now that you're a little older as opposed to when you were younger? So in those two kind of veins, how does your workout look these days and compare it? Great question. Amazing. Just question. a little warm up, you know. You know, you know, you, you, just, you say it's a softball, but that's, that's, that's a pretty nice, uh, you know, slider there. Um, <laughs> So yeah, no, honestly, um, pre-COVID, um, I'm a I'm a gym rat. I, I love being in the gym. Um, you know, a pretty heavy, you know, warm up. You know, a good, you know, mile on the treadmill, or if I'm outside, you know, a good mile to kind of just get the blood flowing. Um, then from there, you know, you know, doing a little bit of plyometrics, making sure I have my flexibility, and then you know hitting the weights, you know, lifting, um, definitely some kettlebell work as well as just, uh, medicine balls. 
Um, anything that was available to me within the gym, I'm using. You know, it, one day I could be, you know, solely just um, benching, you know, or, you know, but or a lot of times it was just a full, complete body workout of using just about every single thing in the gym. Uh, you know, jump ropes. I mean, you name it, I was using it. Um, now, post-COVID, oh, yeah. I can't no longer visit um another company that should be sponsoring us one life fitness um but you know don't have this the gym membership anymore so ultimately i had to use the things that are here within my home um so ultimately my number one workout and every dad out there can probably attest to the same thing with yourself chasing my kids i mean i'll be honest Mm -hmm. that has been my number one workout in addition to having a newborn um, who is growing like a weed, um, you know, carrying around, you know, 20 pound baby, you know, 20, uh, pretty much 20 hours a day. That'll definitely, you know, get the guns going no matter what. Um, yeah, do some of those baby squats. Dude, you know, picking that baby up. Mm-hmm. With the legs, the with the back. Come on, man. Um, but also at the same time now, since things are a little bit different, um, you got to just find new, innovative, creative ways to work out. So one thing that I love doing, and you can also state that, um, you know, you and I have done it, my bike. I spend so much time on my road bike, um, you know, really pushing the limits of, you know, am I going to do more of a speed ride today or am I going to do more of an endurance ride? Um, you know, since we've done our ride, I think I've done another about 70 mile, I'm sorry, 40 mile ride. And then I did one just recently, I think two weeks ago before the weather got bad, um, a speed ride. I mean, I just told myself, hey, we're going to start from this distance where away from the house had the family drop me off. And I kind of challenged myself, beat the family home. And ultimately I did. So um, that's my number one. And then outside of, you know, that has just been, you know, flexibility. That's probably the one thing that I can say in COVID, plus as I'm starting to get older, just really ensuring that um, what a lot of folks don't really understand is your tendons, um, you know, uh, these ligaments in your legs, your back, your knees, your shoulders, your elbows, really making sure that you're staying flexible um, because as you start to lose muscle mass, you still want to make sure that those muscles that are there um, are lubricating joints and making sure that the joints are, you know, still able to move in certain motions to which prevent injuries as well as long-term damage. So um, again, not a softball question. That was a slider for sure. Um, but yeah, dude, I mean, that's pretty much me. How about yourself? Well, like you um, used to really enjoy being in the gym. It was the, the whole atmosphere of being in the gym. You can get caught up. It's, it's kind of, and it just kind of came to me. It's kind of like, um, when you start going down TikTok, mm-hmm. start watching videos, you can really go down the rabbit trail there. And, you know, a couple minutes turns into a couple hours. Yeah. So to me, when we when we first got that gym membership to One Life, it was like a kid in a candy store. Oh, my God. And it was just like all these different things that I had access to. Yep. And then COVID happened and that kind of goes away. Now, I've tried. The, there's a, a Planet Fitness close to my house. Okay. I tried that. But that, that's like going to a high school gym. Everything's beat up. Yep. They yep. don't have the variety. They don't have very many loose weights. Um, they have the dumbbells, but barbells. Yeah. It's all part of a system. Mm-hmm. Like the Smith machine where it's all connected. And so that's not real cool. They have some other rooms that you can, you know, do stuff. But 
not my favorite place to go. So I've kind of transitioned here to the house. And so okay. here I've got free weights. I've got a chin up bar, the jump ropes. Um, I've got one of those bikes that has the fan for the resistance uh, rower. And so that's, that's what I find myself doing most of the time. I'd used to, I say used to have um, barbells and weights. Mm-hmm. I just sold, I sold all of it. And the last bit of it is leaving this weekend. Wow. So I had, you know, all the barbells and the weights, the 45s, 35s, 25s, all that stuff. But it, it just, yeah. it takes up so much room. It does. Man. And so in trying to, you know, you have to manipulate all of your stuff to make room for that ginormously long pole. And so mm-hmm. I said, nah, I'm going to get back to just doing the uh, symmetry. You know, when you have dumbbells, you're working both sides equally. Yep. So mm-hmm. I, I can do that. So <laughs> uh, like the it. one thing I, but listening to you, I, the one thing I don't do is I don't stretch and I don't try to do a whole lot of that mobility stuff. I'm, I'm trying to incorporate more of that, but I don't do enough. Yeah. And I've, I've kind of, gotten into some bad habits because when I was younger, I could leave, go run or ride a bike, come back, not warm up, not stretch, not do anything, never feel sore, never hurt myself. But then you get older and that's not quite the case anymore. And so I need to be better about that, but it's just not, it's not built into the habit yet. Yeah. That, one thing I think um, that really shocked me, this has been a couple of years ago. I mean, he's a lot older now, um, but I saw a video of Arnold Schwarzenegger, like stretching. Mm-hmm. Dude, that man can still touch his toes. He can do like a back bend. I'm like, isn't he like 80 something years old? But I mean, he's just, as he's gotten older, as he's lost that muscle mass, mm-hmm. he was just stating, you know, the ultimate thing that he wants to be able to have it's flexibility and it's just amazing. I mean, like the dude was doing yoga and was doing some of these poses. Like I, I can't even do some of these poses. It's insane. It was pretty impressive. Very well, impressive. Now you just need to follow his fitness program. It'll cost you about $35 a month and just sign <clears throat> on for the Arnold Schwarzenegger flexibility course. And you'll be no, all good. set. I think I'm good. I got Disney plus. I'm good. No, I'm good with subscription. Right. So I took the first topic just to cool. get us warmed up. So now it is on you. So what is your number one topic that you want to get into today on the JNM podcast, our world as we see it, it is. I mean, ultimately right now, yeah, right now is just something that I have been harping on for the past couple of weeks with just conversations with family and friends. Um, And now I'm bringing it here. It's, is Tom Brady the best leader of men that you've ever seen? No. I mean, we all have our own, you know, you know, horror stories or, you know, love him stories. Uh, basically just seeing, hey, this guy, whether you're a sports fan or not, it's just polarizing to now see that this individual um, now has seven championship, you know, rings or, you know, accomplishments. Um, you know, take a side, you know, moving them from different city and state, playing against different teams, different, um, you know, personnel, um, coaches. Um, is it really truly now to say that is he one of the most in modern times, the best leader of men? What, what, what do you think of that? No, no, I don't come on. I don't, no, I don't call him a leader of men. Okay. I, 
the category I would put him in is the old adage, iron sharpens iron. Okay. And so you've okay. got a guy who's got a great skill set, a real passion mm-hmm. for the game, and a knowledge level of how it all works. That's by far the top 1%. Oh, yeah. And he wow. can do things that in, that causes, that inspires other people around him to buy in. He doesn't do it intentionally. He's not out here saying, I am your leader, follow me. But he's one of those guys who can just elevate everybody else around him, kind of like a Michael Jordan, yep. kind of like a LeBron James. LeBron mm-hmm. was on a team that was on paper, should have been very lackluster, ended Correct. up making it to the NBA Finals. Yep. So I put him yeah. in that category okay. okay. where he, not by, not intentionally, but just through work ethic and sheer ability, he's able to elevate the people around him. And, th- and to me, that's what you want a leader to be anyway. You're right. You don't want You're somebody right. to be in a position like, like a coach that says, all right, it's my job to lead you. No, yep. you want somebody who's just doing all the right things and that motivates you to want to do what he does and be like he is and you understand that if I do those things, we're going to make it where we want to go. That's awesome. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, and I love the fact that you, um, you know, quoted, you know, iron sharpens iron. That's one thing that I live my life by. Um, you know, I've definitely surrounded myself with individuals who are like-minded. Uh, big shout out to a lot of my friends. Um, just surrounding yourself with individuals who are going to push you to really push mm-hmm. toward that next, um, you know, feat to where I'm, hey, I'm going to hold you accountable, dude. You know, I need you here. Put the work ethic in. If I'm going to be here at 5 a.m. working out, you need to be here at 5 a.m. The man's 43 years old and still is motivating See, dude. and I don't know, because I don't know his regiment. I don't know if he even does that. I just uh, no. know that he plays with the level of intensity that causes everybody else around him to want to step up and be better. Because you don't want to be the guy who he, th- you know, you know that on paper, mm-hmm. if he looks at a play and he says, okay, we've got the scheme right now, you're going to be open. And if I throw the ball to you and you're not open, that's on you. Or if you don't catch the ball, that's on you. I'm going to do my job. And so you don't want to be that guy who's like, huh, my bad. <laughs> well, yeah. You get open or I, I didn't catch it. You're, you're absolutely right. Back to your first question of like, how do you, you know, alter your workouts as you get older? He ultimately stated that he went from, you know, he never really was the best passer and all these different things, but he he was able to use the skills that he had, but ultimately enhancing his intellect to where now, you know, I saw a couple of interviews after the Super Bowl and the guys were just telling them, no, no, no. Tom knows exactly where you need to be. And he will, he has the skills and the skill set to still tell you, no, I can't, I, he knows his limitations. I can't throw it 60 yards, but if you're within 40 yards, I expect you to be here and I will get it there. Like that is just amazing saw, to me. Uh, you, you watch the, you watch the Super Bowl, right? Of course. Okay. There was one play where they were uh, really close to the goal line something happened where it was either a third or a fourth down and they thought they were going to, I think it was a fourth down and there was some question, are they going to kick a field goal or are they going to go for it? Mm -hmm. He's yelling at the sideline. No, no. And he's telling them we're going to go with the play we had. No, we're going to, and he kept, he's the one telling them that this is going to work. They run the play, score a touchdown and you know, the rest is history. So to your point, he knows what he wants to accomplish and how he's going to do it. Yep. It's up to everybody else. 
to step up and to meet him there. Mm -hmm. If that's leadership, then yes, it's leadership. I just call it a winning example. There you go. I like so, it. Yeah, that there is no denying that he is the best quarterback to ever play the game. Yep. Uh, because he is a combination of skill set, knowledge, application, because to know the game, but not be able to apply what you know, that's not effective. So he, he knows the game and he has a skill set to apply what he knows. So that's a deadly combination. Love, love him or hate him, you have to respect him. So just don't grow the hair out long again. That was ridiculous. <laughs> he, he looked horrible. Dancing horrible. in Brazil. Oh, we won't get that's a, that's for another podcast, folks. That's for another podcast. So what you got? What's what's your All right, the number one with? the number one thing that I wrote down, and you know, the election is still fresh on everybody's mind. We had a change in leadership. So my question to you, sir, is the record number of executive orders that have been signed by Biden in his first, you know, 100 days still. Yeah. And so my question is, should we be concerned? And, and this is for any president, because mm -hmm. Obama did the same thing. Trump did the same thing. They use the executive order tool a lot. Mm -hmm. and so as as citizens, should we be concerned with the amount of executive orders that presidents choose to to enact because it bypasses everybody else. It's just them saying, all right, I'm going to do this. And then the next president comes in, I'm going to undo everything you just did. Yeah. No, so, you, you, yeah. So my question to you is, is, is that a concern to you? And should we be concerned about it? I, I would say, yes, it is a concern. Um, and ultimately, not so much the fact that it is a tool. Again, I do believe that the executive order, like the actual action of creating, you know, writing in, you know, certain mandates that the president would like done to bypass Congress. Um, I do like the idea. It's written into the Constitution in the modern Constitution or an amended amendment. Um, but it all goes back to, um, you know, I want to say no, it was before that administration as well. So it must have been in more of a modern time. I think it started back in Kuwait to where they wanted to be able to do things from a military standpoint um, to, hey, Congress, we can't wait on this. We need to basically get these done to be able to support our troops. Then it went to, you know, oh, terrorism, we need to make sure that we're supporting our folks here and, and, and make sure we're keeping our, ourselves safe to where now we're seeing it and, and we're seeing to where, no, 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 this is my agenda and I want to kind of get this done right now for the American people. Um, yes, I think that we should be worried, not so much worried, be more aware of how they're being used going forward. Um, and also at the same time, really making sure that you're communicating with your local representative and basically making sure that you, your needs are really being heard. Um, yes, it's been a record num number of executive orders that have been put in place in this administration, but I think they should still be an option for the, the sitting president. Mm -hmm. I'm just more worried of how it's escalated within the past See, 20, 30 years of, you know, presidencies to where maybe it was, you know, a handful of them to where now, you know, we're seeing hundreds of them within a matter of months. Yeah. And See, and it's one of those tools that you can't just arbitrarily say, okay, we're going to limit how many you can use, because then as soon as you do that, if the limit's 10, then the, a situation is going to come up where the president's going to need that ability. And now you've hamstrung him and he can't, you know, operate the way he needs to. Correct. So you can't say that. And you can't 
you know, you can't handcuff them and say there are only certain things that you can use. I mean, there are, there are guidelines, but you can't say you can't use it. You can't say you can't use this many. And so it, it's just one of those things. It's a very slippery slope Very because I see the importance of it. Some things you need to bypass Congress because Congress is just a bureaucratic cesspool Things get bogged down. I mean, they can't even, if you were to send legislation there that says, well, there are seven days in the week, they would say, no, there's six. And the other side would say, no, there's eight. And so it, you can't get them to agree on anything. You're so right. I get it that yeah. this is a very valuable tool for the president. However, what I don't like is that they use it as a way to undermine everything the previous administration did right off the bat. And that doesn't allow for discussion. That doesn't allow for any kind of mediation or for any kind of concessions, anything. Mm -hmm. And so you can't, I don't see an effective government running that way. No, I I agree with you. I I think to to your point, um, you kind of stated it there, but I'll I'll address the issue directly. Um, We won't see the executive orders come down until we start to see Congress willing to work with one another. Until that Mm -hmm. happens, the president will continue to, whoever is the president, the president, the presidency will continue to use executive orders to basically get what the American public need um, or what they're requesting within a timely manner. Because as you said, um, and we all know, definitely in this more modern time, Congress ultimately cannot agree to get the smallest, the most incremental decisions to be made to ultimately, you know, implement something readily to where the American people can actually benefit from it. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I see on, you were speaking about social media just recently, you know, people making, you know, TikTok videos and, and Facebook videos and Instagram videos of saying, oh, well, where's my, my stimulus check? Where's my stimulus check to where it's like, ha ha ha, that's, that's funny, it's cute. Well, let's be honest. Um, majority, there's a lot, there's a handful of individuals in this country who really truly need those funds. Um, Regardless if, you know, you make 75,000 or you make $50,000, we do know that there is a need for individuals who do not make, who do not have jobs, let's be honest. True. I've got to make this point or I'll forget it because I'm old and that's what happens. Go. We're talking about Tom Brady, talking about stimulus checks. Mm -hmm. Did you know that Tom Brady had a paycheck protection plan from the government, just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. And you receive stimulus, you know, I received stimulus. He received stimulus funds because it was Mm -hmm. a pay, it was a payroll protection Mm -hmm. of nearly $1 million. The government paid him 900, I think it was somewhere around 980 or $960,000. And now there's an uproar saying he should pay it back because he made $1.2 million just playing in the Super Bowl and all of his extra bonuses and stuff. So he didn't lose any money from because of COVID. Wow. These other people were. And so the chances of him paying it back are slim and none. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... I thought that was extremely interesting. And if those people, are the loopholes. Yeah, people knew that because mm-hmm. you were talking about, you know, how um, stimulus money based on how much money you make. I mean, here's a, a pro athlete who 
whose sport is still being played. Yep. There should not be any extra funds going that direction. And you made almost a million dollars. And then it goes back to, you know, I'm assuming, I don't know exactly the full details of it. It's probably funds that are going toward his business um, to where we know that, you know, there are certain individuals who have their business as a certain craft. His is playing sports. Some people are musicians to where, uh, uh, where they can, you know, uh, write out an insurance policy for their voice. You know, I'm pretty sure it's around those lines to where, hey, you know, is that okay? Is that okay for Tom Brady to do that? And if not, who's going to speak up about it and basically, you know, get that correct? I mean, again, these are all conversations that, again, started at a local level, then ultimately, you know, moved to oh. the state and, the, and then, you know, the federal government to where it can then say, hey, no, Tom Brady doesn't need that money. You know, no, he shouldn't be able to write an insurance policy out on his leg. Or if he can, it should be something reasonable. I, again, and another a, local level. Hey, you, the more you talk, the more I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. I saw another article, AOC, yeah. mm-hmm. talking about the uh, college loan forgiveness. Biden mm-hmm. wants to pay $10,000. Other members of Congress want to write off everything that no more student loans. Okay. <laughs> so they want it all gone. And AOC went so far as to on her, I don't know, social media, whatever, how she stays in touch with her constituents. She said, this is, this is step-by-step how you should do it. That you need to first get in touch with your local official. You need to do this here. Here are the numbers that you need to call. And this, or this is a website. You can find out who your representative is. Mm-hmm. This will tell you how to contact them. Don't be, you know, um, intimidated. They're just people like you. And if you get one of their um, aides or something, what do they call those people that work in the- No, they're aides. Yeah, yeah. Office yeah, aides. If, you, if you get one of them, then be polite and just tell them your, you know, what you're wanting to- to say and and what you you know what you feel um but she was mapping it out wow. and i'm like see now as much as i don't agree with erasing all that debt because that one those companies were planning on all that interest that's why they're loan companies and what Correct. do you do for them and then what about the people who paid off all their loans and so it gets really messy very quickly so i don't agree with the you know across the board but she at least identified, to your point, how you get involved, how you get in touch with your representative, and that's how you create change. You don't go on social media and just complain and blast everybody and say, this is stupid. You actually pick up a phone or you email your representative and you get some signatures. The thing we were talking about with Tom Brady, they already have 1,200 signatures. And there you that go. They want that money back. There you because go. That's that, government that's, money. I mean, imagine what that starts. can do. That's how it starts. Oh, so. again, it's... It starts with, again, you, me, whatever your agenda is, uh, you, you folks out there, have go about the right way. And, and those individuals who do understand, in this case, ALC, um, communicate it clearly. So that way someone can then use the information. If you're in a video just dancing, talking about like that's that message is getting lost. Yes, it may be able to be, reach a small handful of individuals, but normally... Typically, if you're basically listing something out with, you know, with clear diction and in the right way, you're going to catch more folks that way. So I agree. You're you're pretty you're pretty savvy when it comes to politics. Answer me this. What you got? David Perdue Mm -hmm. lost the election. He's an incumbent. 
Mm-hmm. He lost to um, oh, what's his name? That um, what's his name? Uh, hold on, uh, John Ossoff. John Ossoff. Yeah, John Ossoff. So mm-hmm. he lost to him, but now I hear that he wants to challenge Raphael Warnock for yep. his seat. I don't know how you can do that. You're either in a district or you're not in a district. I don't. I don't know how all that plays out. Yeah, but he's I, wanting to challenge him. And I thought those were six-year seats. I thought the they, Senate is six and the House is two. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's 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 uh, definitely an interesting situation because if we all remember, the, the seat that Raphael Warnock has was um, one that was vacated by the person who took, that Kelly Loeffler took over for. So therefore, Johnny I Isaacson. Guess, Johnny Isaacson. So Johnny yeah, retired. Down. Kelly um, Lawford took over his seat. What was put into there was a special election. She took over his seat, and then when she came up for re-election, Raphael Warnock won. So in this case, I'm not sure. Yeah, how does that term? How does yes. that work? So I'm not understanding how he's able to do that. Maybe he found a loophole or basically stating that, you know, Raphael Warnock can't fulfill the duties of the office. I don't know exactly what the situation mm-hmm. is, but to your point, I'm not even sure he can actually do that based off of zoning and districting yeah, and things that's like what that. I was thinking. Unless, unless, and this is, I'm not sure exactly how this all works, um, because he held that seat before, if he then applies for a different seat, it all debates, he just has to meet a certain criteria mm-hmm. within that district. So I'm oh. pretty sure if they knew about this beforehand, before the election, I'm pretty sure they've done whatever they needed to, whatever file, whatever paperwork that's needed to then be a part of that district to then you know take over the seat if it's even a, a, available. One thing I've definitely was- learned within the past year is don't push input don't put anything past a politician in his age to be able to stay in their position that they currently have and there therein lies the problem that yes for a majority of our representatives they're not even leaders they're our representatives yes that they work almost tirelessly to keep themselves in office and they forget who they represent they're just doing things that are going to keep them where they are Yep. And, and we're the ones who suffer for it. Again, I, I kid you not, I, I'm always going to state this. I don't understand the political families. Like, I don't get it. Like, the Purdue family. How many Purdue's have actually been in, you know, leadership? I, look, the Bush family, they're now starting a legacy. The Kennedys. Um, there's all these different families across the country that have made politics there family business like and that just blows my mind like if you're yes if you actually follow in the footsteps and want to be similar to a family member who is a civil servant because that's ultimately like you just said they serve us they work for us how do you make that a family business how do you you know find all these loopholes to basically stay well you know my cousin had that seat so you know i'm gonna take over that seat for my cousin you know it's just how we work I don't, and, and it's Anytime the word politics comes up, it just, it makes me, uh. I know. It's like All a right, dirty so, word. All right. So I have my one topic. What is your number one topic? Um, so my next topic is something that's going on as of right now. I'm about yay deep in the situation right now with work, um, but also family and friends. I want to talk about this weather that has hit the state of Texas. And as a result, the upheaval of the Texas energy um, situation. 
Um, for those of you who do not under, don't know what's going on, um, a major winter storm hit the state of Texas and completely crippled um, the majority of the state. I want to say about 89% of the state is under freezing temperatures. Um, and as a result of this, um, they're now seeing major catastrophic energy shortages for the residents of Texas. Um, don't want to get into too much red tape, but ultimately um, the energy sector in the state of Texas, it's the only state in the country that is privately regulated. So therefore no federal observation over um, nuclear, um, you know, mineral, wind, any of that stuff, it's all privatized. Whoever wants to basically start their own energy source company within the state of Texas can do so and ultimately provide energy to, you know, across the country, depending on what type of fossil or whatever type of energy source it is. Um, to where now, since this weather storm hit the state of Texas, the entire energy grid has completely come to a halt. I mean- I saw a couple things where there was a lightning not lightning, but an energy ball going down the the lines mm -hmm. and going from line to line and then into some trees. Yep. And so yep. I'm looking at that and it just a surge of electricity because it just the grid couldn't handle the demand and it was yep. just it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's bad. I mean it's getting really, really bad. So not only so it's crazy to where we all know, well, for those of you who don't know, Texas is in the southern part of the United States, uh, part of the, one of the southern states, but it normally is very, very hot there. Um, and so they had built it to basically withstand, I don't know what, some crazy number of level of heat um, to where, you know, well over the, the temperature, uh, you know, that it typically sees up to about 200 something degrees if it actually was that hot. But ultimately, as soon as the temperatures fell below freezing, the entire, and I'm not just talking about, you know, wind energy or, uh, you know, uh, hydrothermal, nuclear, all, all energy sources completely fail, all of them. This has both, this has ink on the, red on the hands of not only, you know, the fossil fuel companies, the oil guys, the wind, the alternative, this is just everyone in the bunch. If they can't handle this right now, for the state that they're physically doing business in, how in the world can they actually be the energy capital of the United States if they can't even take care of their own home? See, like, so now, because one, I didn't know that they were privatized, um, but what is this? what do you think this is gonna do now um, going forward? Do you think they're gonna have to have federal oversight because of the debacle that they've had? Is that a transition they're gonna have to deal with? I'm glad you asked, my dear friend, because one of their one of their congressmen, Mr. Rick Perry, was his name, is that his name, Rick Perry? Oh no, that was the he he used to be the uh, governor no, yeah, of Texas. Yeah, so no, it, it, and I he ran it, for president. So that's what it is. So it was Rick Perry. So Rick Perry came out and stated that um, this is his words exactly. I saw the article today um, that the residents of Texas are willing to brave blackouts to keep the state of Texas private for their energy. I'm, I'm sure that he took some liberties there because I doubt he pulled everybody in Texas to get that answer. I mean, he's, um, he's, he's at everybody. He's at everybody in the state of Texas, including, you know, those single moms that are working poor jobs. Nah. They'd much rather sit in an apartment 
that has no heat, no water for however long it um, takes to keep Texas private. I news, mean, I, I was watching some, some news articles, some videos, and they were showing roofs collapsing because of the amount of snow. And they showed one, there was one image, a uh, ceiling fan had icicles. Come on, man. Like, I mean, that's, you can't I mean, do that to people. I, I, I hate to say it, but this is just an example of just pure greed. Now, if everyone wants, if you want to bash me, everybody in America, I want to make sure I, I you know, really state who I am. I lit my, my occupation is as a revenue manager, my job to feed my family is to ensure that I am driving revenues to the, uh, the organization that I work for. So don't throw any stones. I'm not, I, I, I'm a similar person, but when it comes to a point of basically making sure that we are showing growth or, you know, or growth of GDP, it takes a huge, it's a, there's a huge gap between that and greed. This mm -hmm. is pure greed. This is pure, pure greed. I mean, to the point to where you're willing to state that to keep yourself private, to continue to operate the way you have, whether it's benefiting or harming the individuals that you say you serve, you're stating that the level of harm that can't, that's being caused, you're willing to, you know, just say, hey, you know, what else? I'm, will, I'm willing to harm these people to continue operating the same way I have. <clears throat> it's just not right. That's just not right. It's not right. Yeah. Not right. And I would hope that the people of Texas would, you know, at least band together and say, we deserve better. If not, I mean, they absolutely need better and they do deserve better. And I, I hope they can make that point to the people who can make that change because I'm, I'm pretty confident that Rick Perry uh, did not get that correct. I agree. And that if you ask a number of people would say, no, let's get us away from that absolutely. so that uh, we can have some heat. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's just in a very, very, you know, dire situation right now. I, um, you know, me for the organization that we work with, mm -hmm. um, I, I am the main go to person to really drive revenues in the entire state of Texas. And the situation that's going on right now is far beyond Pal, pal, you know, willing for someone to withstand. I, I, I can be 100% honest and state that the people that are in the state of Texas right now are not willing to endure this, oh, let alone no. another minute to basically allow the same exact way for folks to not have power to operate. This, this makes no sense to me. Absolutely. None whatsoever. No, absolutely not. All so, right. That was my topic. How about yourself, sir? Okay. Here's one that I, I thought I thought it was pretty interesting. It's something that I came up with on my own. I didn't read a news story or anything. I was just I, okay. Now I don't I don't want to be gross, okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there are certain things that you have to deal with on a day to day basis, mm -hmm. okay. And, uh -huh. and I'm I'm a, I'm coming after you because come on, you, this is I've got half of this. Well, let's see. I've got probably a third. Well, okay. let's see. Hold on. No, I got two thirds and you've got the whole Monty. So here's how it goes. I was out walking my dog. Okay. And live in a neighborhood, walking the dog down the street. And mm -hmm. as I'm cleaning up after my okay. dog. Understood. Been there. Okay. Do that. The little okay. bag and I'm holding the bag and I'm thinking, 
how many times have I picked up dog poo? Just, and I, I let my mind kind of, kind of go with it. And I said, you know what? Dog goes at least twice a day. Mm-hmm. So that's twice a day, seven days a week. So that's at least 14 right there. Yeah. Multiply that times four. Now you're getting up into 48, almost 50, 50 mm-hmm. times a month. And so I started looking at that. And I'm like, and this isn't the only dog I've ever owned. I've had other dogs and I've pet, I've had family members with dogs and I've pets, you know, was pet sitting and cleaned up their poo and had dogs crap in my yard, had cleaned that up. And so it just exponentially becomes more and more. And then, and then I started thinking, well, this isn't the only poo I've ever had to clean up. I've had kids. How much of their poo have I had to clean up? And so then you start looking at dog poo and you start looking at baby poo. And then, then what about your poo? Yeah. That's pretty regular in most cases. Absolutely. And so now just the power of accumulation, how this has accumulated over time. And I would, I would bet it's in the uh, hundreds, almost thousands of pounds yeah. oh, of man. poo that I've Daily. dealt with in a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so what my brain started thinking about is all the things that just accumulate over time that you really don't pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, how they get you with like, and, and I'm, I'm big into photography and videography. So Adobe has their monthly plan so that you can have Lightroom and you can have their um, Photoshop mm-hmm. and it's a small amount monthly. But when you look at it over time, it becomes very expensive. Very. And so there are a lot of things online that are like that. They bait you with that very small number and then over time, it just accumulates and accumulates. And so I was just mesmerized by it, about how things just over time accumulate uh, dust. I mean, things that you just don't think about, and it just accumulates. You, so what you, are some things that come to mind when you hear accumulate? I, honestly, that's a really, really good question. Now, let I, I, I me address the first part of it. Yes, I clean up a lot of dog poop. I clean up a lot of human poop. <laughs> you got a little um, dog. That dog done poop. To, okay, so let's go there. Let's go there. Um, the weather has been horrible. So, of course, those folks who know who are dog, our dogs hate to go in the rain. It's like their bane of their existence. You have to walk around constantly, constantly, constantly. Go to the restroom, please. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, the other day, I just got fed up with it. Just open up the back door, let the dog go out. I was like, I'm not walking you in the Just go in the backyard. We've got a fenced yard. Just go, bud. Just go. You're a nine-year-old dog. You know how to go in So the your rain. dog is so bougie, they won't go in the backyard, their Don't own you. backyard? It's ridiculous. So he finally goes, right? And so I'm like, thanks, bud. So he comes inside. He's like shaking himself off or whatever and goes and sits down and starts smelling. I'm like, no, he did not. He did not go the way I think he should. So go. then I go and look. He apparently wanted to play with the poo after he got rid of it. Yeah. So then mm-hmm. Yeah, then he typical. tracked it in the house. So then, of course, I have a newborn. So I just got done cleaning her up. So mm-hmm. then I go clean this dog, clean him off, give him a bath, clean up all this, his bed, his crate, everything. So then I sat back down and I'm like, I just took, you know, a good 45 minutes to an hour of my life 
Yep. Cleaning up poo. So yes, poo. it yeah. does accumulate. And you don't even notice. You just go into action and you're just, you know, gotta clean poop. So yes, I have cleaned up a lot of poop. There is an accumulation of poop yep. that I cleaned on these hands. Um, but the other thing that was coming to my mind when you said accumulation, specifically, um, you know, the whole, you know, monthly subscription thing, you know, mm -hmm. these organizations that are doing that. I then will go even further and I look at the accumulation of wealth. Hmm. That's an interesting, interesting uh, offshoot there. How are individuals, what, what, what are we doing on a day-to-day -day basis to accumulate wealth? Not specifically financial. I'm talking about mental wealth, phys physical wealth, financial wealth. What are you doing on a day-to-day -day basis to accumulate what you're looking for? Are you eating right? Do you take your vitamins? Are you going for a walk? Are you eating the right things? Are you um, saving money? Are you investing? All these different things. Are you spending time with your family? Are you doing all of these things that are little small, little things that you don't really look at to where later on, you know, 20, 30 years from now, you can say, wow. I got yep. an accumulation of a beautiful family. I got accumulation of wealth. I got accumulation of cleaning a lot of golf on my hands. I will tell you this, yeah. just listening to you, the two things that come to mind, mm -hmm. number one, our society does not value long-term joy, happiness, satisfaction, wealth, as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Our society is much more geared towards the short term right here, right now, instant gratification. Yep. And you can look at TikTok, Instagram, all these different social media platforms. It's all very instant. The micro sure. microwave, hmm? all of it is very instant. The internet it's here, it's right now. And it's not nothing that we deal with is designed long-term. And so, so most I people don't think long-term, they think hmm? disposable. They yep. think a I don't fix things. You know, back when we were kids, you you didn't buy something new. You fixed what broke. Absolutely. And so you didn't just run run out and go get something else. And so that's a difference in mentality. So that's one thing that's working against us. Number two is DNA. Mm -hmm. Some people are just not. You, you can boil them down to two two uh, types. They're either spenders or savers. Yep. Every financial class I've ever taken says you've got you know, life experiences, DNA, whatever you want to call it, working either for you or against you. And so if you're a saver, your instinct from whatever you've seen, whatever you've been exposed to in life is to, no, I don't want to, I don't want to spend that because then it'll be gone. Yep. I'm a, when it comes to certain things, not money, but certain things, I'm a hoarder. Yes. And so I want, I, I purposely, when it comes to snacks and treats and things like that, I don't go in there and gorge. No. Take a whole bag of cookies or chips and eat the whole thing up as fast as I can. I know some people who do, and <laughs> that's that's how they operate. But me, yeah. I want yeah. it to last. I, I baby my car because I want it to last. My shoes, I baby them. I want it to last. So I have that kind of mentality. That's very natural to me. But then there are other people who just, car's a tool. Yep. Your shoes are a tool. 
And so you use them. And if you don't use them, are you really getting your money's worth out of them? And so we can, this is one of those discussions I could go back and forth forever. But those are the two things that I think prevent a vast majority of us from accumulating the things that really matter. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. So. Couldn't agree with you more. I mean, what was it? I, I remember um, uh, my, the, the leader of my church, my pastor kind of said that as well. He, I think the quote that he said was, um, don't be shocked by the ramifications of your continued short-term ramifications. Like don't, don't, don't be surprised by the long-term effect of you constantly mm -hmm. just in, in enjoying these short-term, you know, gratifications or, you know, taking uh, YOLO, like when you get 20, 30, and if Lord willing, if you're able to live that long, 50 that, years from sleeves, now. The sleeves are the things that come to mind, you know, like the kids get that now, but then you're like, okay, you got a freaking neck tattoo up here. What's that going to look like when you got grandkids running around? Like, come on. Like we've all seen that picture of the grandpa who used to be a, a biker and he's got saggy skin and now he's got tattoos all over his body. Like that wasn't a very wise choice, yeah, grandpa. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so. again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't get tattoos. I'm not saying you shouldn't, you know, have a vacation. I'm not saying you shouldn't enjoy the cookies. Right. Enjoy them in moderation. Moderation's being the key. Right there it is. That's the word I live by, moderation. There you go. There you go. Um, right. So yeah, that was, was that yours? Cause I got one more top. Well, the, the only other thing that I wanted to, oh my gosh, well, I, we'll hit these. These are just high notes. I'm just going to skim over them, but these are the last two things. Mm -hmm. um, one was the impeachment was, you know, what was yep. the real reason? I don't think it was the, the real reason that they had the impeachment was uh, to exact any kind of um, what is the word punishment? It wasn't, that wasn't the point. The point was to drag the former president through the mud and ultimately to try to prevent him from running again. Yeah. And so that was the whole point. Yeah. It wasn't about finding guilt or innocence. Um, I think there were a lot of things he could have and should have done differently, yeah. but that's a whole nother conversation. So that was one right. of the things I wanted to jump into. And then the last one was that stupid halftime show at the Super Bowl. <laughs> now I'm kind of torn because it wasn't, there wasn't anything about it that I looked at it and said, well, that's stupid. Or yeah. um, why did they do that? There wasn't anything that was questionable. There was nothing that, you know, nobody flipped somebody off. Nobody's boob was exposed. And so when yeah. you look at it, it, it was okay. Yes. But is okay what you're looking for in a Super Bowl performance. Yeah. So he can sing, he's talented, but I just don't think his genre of music translates very well to a halftime show. So I, I didn't appreciate it as much as they probably wanted me to. Completely agree with you. So ultimately for myself, I actually am a fan of the, the singer, The Weeknd. Um, his more recent stuff, not so much, but definitely, you know, his old stuff as I was a young adolescent, if you will. Definitely enjoyed his music. Very, very great music. But as a, similar to yourself, a connoisseur of the Super Bowl and the, the halftime show, I'm used to multiple acts, you know, people repelling from the ceiling and, you know, seeing the kids down on the field singing with their favorite artists. It was lacking. It definitely yeah, it, was. It left me wanting. That's it a good way to put it. It did leave me wanting. I, I just didn't have that full Super Bowl Sunday halftime show um, gorge session, you know, they're making me take it in moderation. I have to wait until next year. So it is. What it yeah. Is. And I think, 
You know, and it's 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 so funny because I think with um, the history of the halftime show and how there's been some incidents there, uh, yes. I think they went safe. You know, it's they COVID. Did. There's no there's there really wasn't a large audience. They said, "What can mm-hmm. we do to be safe?" And we'll save the really big show for when we're back in full swing. So that was a safe bet. It was. It definitely was. I mean, you know, kudos for to, to the NFL, you know, um, to really make sure that they were following all the guidelines for the Super Bowl. Most of the, all the individuals, it seemed like who were there, not players, but also the, definitely the folks that were in attendance were all vaccinated, you know, uh, health workers yeah. and things like that. So I was very appreciative of that. But yes, I do believe that they're waiting to really have the big, huge, huge party. Um, I don't know if it'll be next year or the year after, but definitely they, yeah. they held back a little bit. One so. day. All right. So what was your last topic? What did, what did we miss? Well, my last topic, just one of my hot topics is, didn't even know this, but do you know that Apple released new headphones? Yes. Like, I, I did okay. not know that. I, They're I mean, $500. $549 yes. for noise canceling over the head earbuds. Are you kidding me? No. Like, I, I, look, I, I used to have noise canceling headphones when I used to travel Bose ones. Right. But $500? $500 that, that takes a lot of, that takes a lot of what well, I, I can't say it on air, but that takes a lot of, you know, um, yes, yes. To, to try Double, and pull that off. Those things, marbles, let's just yeah, say marbles. a lot of marbles I mean, to try and, and pull that off and then make it, you know, legitimize it to your customer. Because here's the thing about Apple. Yeah. Apple will make 20 different things that all pretty much do the same thing, but they'll convince you that you need all 20 of them, like an iPad and a MacBook. They're pretty similar mm-hmm. and they, they both have great processing. They do all these things, but then they'll tell you, no, you got to have both. Correct. And then you need a watch. Then you need yeah. a phone. Then you need, and it just keeps going. The thing that shocked me about this one is I, maybe I missed it, but I don't remember seeing that much publicity about them. I mean, they, I mean, with the AirBuds and the AirPod Pros, I mean, they were all about okay, you got, it. You've got this the pros, one, right? Yeah, I do have the pros. Have you but used this, the Dolby feature on there watching a movie? One hundred percent. I mean, you've uh, done that. Uh, absolutely. Is it's, it is it worth it? It is one hundred percent worth it. Honestly, I, I I had some earbuds, some AirPods. Um, lost one of them, and I was like, oh, I'm just gonna replace those. But you know, the person at Apple was like, you know what? Just try them. Come, come here. I, I even wrote down on the piece of paper. Try these. If you don't like them, return them. And I'll give you, um, you know, we'll go back to your regular AirPods. The noise canceling option on them is insane. The transparency option option to where you can be listening what you're listening to, whatever device you're on, and then focus on what's going on around you is absolutely amazing. And then, of course, the theater mode where you can ultimately, you know, whether you have another Apple product, an Apple TV, watch a movie and hear the, you know, pitter patter Mm -hmm. of someone walking. It is insane. Did you know you can use them to eavesdrop? Uh, that's the option I'm talking about. The no, you can, but, but you leave your phone in the room. You walk away. Mm-hmm. They don't know that you're listening and you've got it hooked up. And so you can hear what's going on when you walk out of the room. And you have the ability to control it, to record from the airbus. Oh. It's insane. Absolutely so insane. That's, and again, that's why I say, why do you, you don't need those over the head earphones. That's not, that's not what Apple does. Apple partnered with Dr. Dre or Beats. Yes. Beats. Yeah. And so 
that that's what I see them doing, being a good partner, finding somebody who, who works in that space already and, and just let them take the lead. They don't need to make 500 and they came with the goofiest case ever. And in order, in order to really have a case, you had to go to a third party case and get one. Correct. And so it's just, it's to me, it's asinine. The yes, thing that threw me nice. off was ultimately the, the case, but then just the colors. I get it. We want to be able to, you know, give people their, you know, individuality to be able to respond. Nah. Like that, that green and yellow. And I was like, are you kidding me? I, I get yeah. it. I get it. Look, everyone has all this extra stimulus funds in their, like they're in their homes. They haven't left their house in a while. They needed something to spend it on. So or, again, are you accumulating things while you're in quarantine? Or are you accumulating wealth, knowledge, savings? Nah, I could go for it. And you know, and you know, it's funny that you mentioned the the accumulating knowledge because the one benefit of COVID, yeah, online classes became cheap, if not free. A lot of places were like, "Hey, you've got all this extra time here. Use use our course, use these courses, and better yourself." And man, MIT's even got some stuff online that's free. MIT of Harvard, I think, was doing some stuff. Every single, um, I say, you know, industry partner, um, mm -hmm. you know, food service organizations, definitely in the hospitality space. The number one is Star. They actually gave out so much free stuff. Yep. This is the time where you should be investing into your intellect. I can't even imagine. I can't even count how many books I've read or periodicals I've read within the last year. It's insane. Absolutely. What, what, what book are you reading now? Currently, right now, um, I'm reading, oh my goodness, what did I read just recently? Um, uh, what's the name of it? Oh my God. I have like three of them that I'm, I'm reading at the same time. One of them was, one of them is a, a Christian book I'm reading um, to be a leader, a leadership book that I'm reading. Mm -hmm. Another one I read was by one of my favorite rappers, um, Bobby um, Tarantino. I think the name of the book is, oh, uh, Supermarket. Supermarkets okay. are really good. Suspense thriller. Um, that one was fun. And the other one I'm reading, um, because I am a father, um, right. how to be a good, how to be a good father. And well, it's, it's good to read that the second father. time around. You know, don't read that when you have your first kid. <laughs> read that when you get your second kid. So then you can, hey. then you can be the good dad. Self reflection. Hey, there's some things I missed on the first one. I got to make sure this second one. Hey, yeah, I, I got. Hey, that's reflection. my softball. I got to knock this one out of the park. All right, so here's um, here's the book that where where's it at? Um, oh, dead gummit. Um, where's my library? Reading there it is. Okay, so the one that I'm that I'm reading that's on my nightstand is begin with yes or begin nice. with your why with why a, begin with why, and it and it not only you but it it can cross into an organization like a lot of organizations can say what they do and how they do it, but very few can explain to you why they do what they do. Yes. And so they, they have this bullseye diagram and they said, look, if you want to be more effective and create loyalty and not just transactional loyalty, then you start with the why and work your way out because the That's why amazing. will define the how and the what. So, so there's that one. And then there's this one I was uh, flipping through some stories hmm. and I came across this one. It's called Don't Burn This Book, Thinking for Yourself in an Age of Unreason by Dave Rubin. And okay. it's on the New York bestsellers list. So I was like, hey, I, nice. I'm, I can read that one. Check that one out. Yeah. What was it? I have another one. Um, was it the subtle art of not giving a what? Yes. Um, I, I saw that, that one, in the story. That's a good one. 
that's a really good one. I got to finish it. I think I'm halfway through it right now. Um, I got to finish. It. I started reading the other ones, of course, because it's more pressing because I am a father yeah. again for the second, again, time. Yeah, second time. But yeah, that one, that one's going to be one of my next books. I got to finish up. So. All right. Well, I think we've reached the end, the conclusion, the finish line of this marathon podcast. This was a good one, though. So hopefully uh, our listening audience have gar- has garnered some insight into the world that we live in and has an appreciation for the way we see things and what we would like for you to do, call to action, if you will. Hey, do us a favor, hit that subscribe button uh, so you can follow up with all the most current episodes. And we would like your feedback. Let us know what yep. you liked. Let us know what you didn't like. And uh, let's get some dialogue going because we don't want to just be two talking heads. We want to engage our community and we want to see what's on your mind and uh, maybe bring up some topics that uh, we didn't see that are important to you. Very cool. For the JNM podcast, I am Mike. You are Jason. Jason. And we will see you or you will hear us in the next one. Awesome.